This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Well, good morning, everyone. It is Deep South Dining. I'm Malcolm White, right here in the studio with Carol Puckett. Hello, Carol. Hello, Mal. How are you? I'm well. It's fallish out there. Oh, it feels so good. It feels so good. I've been up at Pickwick Lake, you know, on the Mississippi-Alabama-Tennessee line. And the leaves have changed up there, and it's a little bit cooler. You know, that doesn't look much like Mississippi up there. It reminds me of North Carolina. Or, mm-hmm. So it, it's just beautiful, all those rock formations. Yeah, it's the very tail of the Appalachian Mountains, you know. Yes, it is. And there's also, I also went to the Tom Bigby State Park, which has these beautiful rock outcroppings and and Bear Creek, which uh, runs through the middle of the park. And they have those beautiful old stone cabins you can rent up there. Great hiking trail, a uh, little bit of rock climbing. Pretty cool state park for Mississippi, another world up there. Also ate well, of course, while I was there. Of course. And, and what did you have? <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to ask. You know, we had hot tamales uh, from Tony's. Well, Mm-hmm. That's an auspicious beginning. We had gumbo from Hallamow's. We had steaks from Fresh Market. We had uh, fried catfish. We had uh, the beautiful and uh, original eggs in a grail from the great Tommy Cadle, Chef Tommy Cadle. He cooks. We talked about this. this on, we did a brunch show when we, we talked did. about eggs on a grail. So it's creamy cheese grits topped by two poached eggs and then a Half dozen fried shrimp around the lip of the bowl. Oh, the, okay. It's outrageous. I couldn't remember it was a bowl or a jar, but it, it a, sounds... Well, originally it was a jar. He got this dish from restaurant Luke in New Orleans. He modified it a little bit. He calls it... They called it eggs in a jar. Tommy calls it eggs in a grail. It was really good. How about you? Well, I spent the weekend, of course, fishing. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, the fish were happy that fall is here and uh, caught a whole bunch of brim and a whole bunch of bass and going to cook those brim tomorrow. We would call that a, a mess of fish. A mess of, we call it mm-hmm. a mess of fish. That's good. Also, uh, uh, Kara made a fantastic um, apple tart that she saw the Barefoot Contessa cook on TV on Saturday, and she replicated it, and it's a beautiful sliced apple uh, tart dish with some... Uh, I think it's got uh, some sort of uh, jam or jelly on the top that made it real sweet and, and shiny and glistening. Fabulous dish. Fabulous dish. And a lot of times you put, well, you know, in tarts you put the jelly glaze on the bottom to. That's what I was getting. Yeah, you actually paint it with a pastry brush. It's kind of a seal for the dough between the a little layer between the tart and the and, dough. And then on the top the is that. that on the top, it's also another red. glaze. Yeah. Yep. So yep. anyway, apple tart uh, at my house, uh, eggs in a grill uh, at the lake, and uh, hot tamales coming up in Greenville. Well, we'll have a lot to talk about today. Mm-hmm. But I did not make anything this weekend. But I really wanted to tell you about something um, I had. Okay. And uh, John Palmer, my significant other bought a cake uh, and brought it for the weekend. We stayed out in the cabin this weekend, and it was a very fine cake. It was It's called an entrement, E-N-T-R-E-M-E-N-T, and he got it at La Brioche, mm. which is the wonderful French bakery in Jackson. In and it's the Fondren area. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it, it's a multi-layered mousse cake, and the whole point of it is to have different textures 
and flavor. So it might it had a lemon mousse, um, vanilla cake, raspberry mousse, white chocolate glaze. It was wow. it was delicious. And Fabulous I had never story. heard that word before, intrament. Intrament. Neither had I. If our listeners are interested in intraments, uh, know a little bit about them, you're welcome to call us, talk to Gotta us. Got to learn something every day. Absolutely. So we're, uh, we're going to be joined here shortly by Gino Lee, who is the, the owner-operator of the Big Apple Inn down on Ferry Street. He's got a great story about tamales he'll be sharing with us. Also, later on in the show, we're going to hear from the cultural ambassador, Julia Reed, calling in live from Greenville. Julia's all up in the middle of the Delta Hot Tamale Festival. Yeah, she's one of the people that's really put that Delta Hot Tamale Festival on the map. Yep, yeah. Now, a lot of people were fishing up at Pickwick Lake. Were um, they? Yeah, a lot of boats out. The bass were happy up there as well with know. fall coming. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess it was bad. Certainly not crappie. I think crappie's more of a springtime thing, from what I'm told by the locals. So maybe they were out bass fishing. But it was beautiful up there, absolutely beautiful. And, and as I said, we ate... We ate very well. We ate very well. We ran over to the Catfish Hotel uh, over in the Tennessee River and uh, had some of the world's greatest whole catfish. Amazing. Well, did you happen to stop by Dilworth in Corinth, which is <clears throat> one of the fine hot tamale establishments up in that neck of the woods? Well, we didn't, but I know Dilworth and that family very well. We were loaded up on uh, Tony's hot tamales, so we didn't need any more. But when I was in Boonville... Uh, the night before I went up to Pickwick, I went from Oxford to Boonville, Boonville uh, to uh, Eastport Marina uh, on Pickwick Lake. And when I was in Boonville staying with my friend Bill Barnett, he was telling me that there's, uh, there is a hot tamale stand in Boonville downtown where a fellow brings in a little cart and sells them. And historically, growing up in Boonville, there was always a hot tamale stand there uh, on the corner of Main Street, but it was the Dilworth family. So they not only were in Corinth, but they had an outpost, of a family member in Boonville who sold those same hot tamales. Well, hot tamales have spread everywhere oh, in yeah. Mississippi. All right. Uh, we got a caller, Java? No, we don't have a caller. That's just my, it's just my imagination. Running. <laughs> Okay. All right. So uh, we have um, a list of the top 10 hot tamale places uh, in Mississippi. And I right? think this was from USA Today. Yeah, all right. USA Today came to Mississippi and did a top 10 list. And on it, Tony's Hot Tamales uh, at the top, Doris Hot Tamales in Diabreville, Coastal Hot Tamale. Also, the Tamale Shack, where I've been and eaten many great meals. The, the Tamale Shack in Gulfport not only sell, makes and sells their own tamales, but they make this fabulous tamale sauce called Shack Sauce. Yeah, and they, they actually won the Hot Tamale Festival. Maybe it was last year. I think it was last year. And I'll tell you something else they have at the, at the Tamale Shack in Gulfport. They have a fantastic grilled shrimp taco. So if, My you, goodness. if you're in downtown Gulfport or anywhere near it, go by the Tamale Shack and get yourself a, a shrimp taco and then get you a few tamales and be sure and get a giant bottle of shack sauce. I will, I will do it, but I want to tell you about the tamales I had last week. Okay. Indianola, Mississippi, pea soup lot. Pea soup. It used to be called pea soup lots of freeze, but it's right on Highway 82 
like on the way towards Greenville. Uh And they make their own hot tamales, and they were delicious. John and I stopped by uh, on our way back from here in Garth Brooks in Cleveland and got four or five dozen tamale uh Tamales. How was spread Garth, around friends. How was Garth Brooks in uh, in uh, Cleveland, Mississippi? Well, you know, it, it was wonderful. It was really a rare opportunity to see him, you know, up close and personal. He usually just does big stadium shows, mm-hmm. but he is very much committed to education for youth, and he agreed to come to Cleveland to the Grammy Museum to uh, work with children. So he did a session that afternoon with children and then agreed uh, to do a, a small fundraiser. Gotcha. And the money went to to the education program. But he just sat on the stage or stood on the stage with his guitar and with Bob Santelli from the Grammy Museum in L.A. And Bob asked him questions. And, you know, he either... Played his played his guitar or talked about himself like he would. Mm-hmm. They would say, "Who's your favorite songwriter?" And he said, "Well, there's you know nobody like James Taylor." And then he'd break into a little you know little fire and rain. rain. <laughs> I knew you were going. There. It was it was beautiful. Also on our top ten list of tamales in Mississippi is the uh, well known and established icon Doe's Eat Place. Also the White Front Cafe in Rosedale. We talked about them uh, once before. Yeah, and and I like to go there. Uh, Barbara Pope carries on their tradition, and you have to make sure they're going to be there. They usually open around 11. I got you. Also, Abe's uh, in Clarksdale is on the list. Hicks, not hot tamales, Hicks tamales in Clarksdale, to Clarksdale. Uh, And then finally, the tamale place in Vicksburg. So, I mean, when you look at this list, there's a couple on the coast. There's Doris's uh, in Diaberville in the shack. Tamale Shack in Gulfport, and Tony's based in Jackson. And, oh, I left out uh, You left fat out mamas. Fat Mamas in Natchez. Oh, boy. I'm don't leave trouble out for Fat Mamas. <laughs> don't leave out Natchez, and don't leave out Fat Mamas. They're also on the list. Yeah, and Fat Mamas has a mean tamale pie. Yes, indeedy. Uh, that's a, a, a dish that Sambo Mockby used to call a, a gut buster. It's three tamales, chili over the top, oh, gosh. lots of cheese, chopped up jalapenos, and you stick it all in the oven and brown it and bring it out. And uh, it's a tamale pie, but he called it a gut buster. Now, yeah. if you have favorites, listeners from all across the region, if you have hot tamale favorites that aren't on this list, certainly give us a call. And when we come back, we will be talking to Gino Lee from uh, the Big Apple Inn. We'll be talking about his story and his family's history down on Ferris Street and the hot tamales there. Uh, We'll also take your calls um, and, you know, we'll talk about the Hot Tamale Festival up in the Mississippi Delta in Greenville with Julia Reed. If you want to join the show, it's uh, 1-877-672-7464 or shoot us an email to food at MPB Online. And now, are we going to listen to some Robert Johnson? Ha! How about this? Mississippi Zone. Hot tamales and the red hot, yes, yeah, she got them for sale. Hot tamales and the red hot, yes, yeah, she got them for sale. I got a good section long and tall, she sleeps in the kitchen with a piece in the hall. Hot tamales and the red hot, yes, yeah, she got them for sale, I mean, yes, yeah, she got them for sale, yeah. Hot tamales and the red hot, yes, yeah, she got them for sale. Hot tamales and the red hot, yes, yeah, she got them for sale. She got two foot nickels, got four foot dime. Same old, but they ain't none of mine. Hot tomatoes and the red hot. Yeah, she got them a sale, I mean. 
Hi, this is Chanel Benz. Come listen to my podcast for Right on Mississippi at mpbonline.org. Welcome back to Deep South Dining. I'm here with Carol Puckett, Malcolm White, behind the mic. So glad y'all are here on a Monday morning. We're we're growing in numbers here. We now have in the studio Gino Lee. Hello, Gino. Good, good. morning, Gino. Good morning, Malcolm. Good morning, Carol. How are y'all today? We're good. Were you, were you back at the shop making hot tamales? Well, I was down there not making tamales. I actually spent most of my time walking around this building. I got lost. It's amazing <laughs> here, man. <laughs> it's a big building. We try yeah, to leave a trail of breadcrumbs. It's our signature. Yeah. <laughs> our tamale wrap. That's right. Corn shucks. Well, Gino's in the studio. Gino is the uh, owner-operator of the Big Apple Inn down on Fair Street. Very historic. His uh, great-grandfather, Juan, Big John, Mora, is uh, where your story starts, right? That's right. And you'll tell us about that coming up. But on the phone right now, we have Mississippi's cultural ambassador and... Uh, Live uh, on the ground in Greenville, Julia Reed. Good morning, Julia. Hi, Malcolm. Hi, Carol. How you doing? Great, thank you. Gino Lee's also here with us of the Great Big Apple Inn. <laughs> hey, Julia, how are you? Hey, Gino. Are you getting ready? We are getting ready. I mean, the clock is ticking. We got a ton of people about to converge in Mississippi Delta here in Greenville for the. I, I couldn't even remember how many years we've been doing this now, but I think the first year. Y'all might have fact checkers over there where you are. <laughs> no. We have fact checkers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe it was 2013. Yeah, so this is this. Uh, uh, well, the thir- 2013, uh, I believe, was the first year of the, the literary culinary mashup. Ah. Excellent festival before that. But anyway, what it, when it, it's, it's been, it seems like a lifetime to me, but. Uh, the great thing is we uh, are now, I mean, from from just our late great mayor declaring Greenville, uh, Chuck Jordan declaring Greenville the hot tamale capital of the world, which apparently you can just do. Um, <laughs> you mean like birthplace of America's music? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, and apparently you can trademark it and nobody's going to argue with you because so, there's apparently not a lot of people trying to be the hot tamale capital of the world. Shockingly, but uh, if if there was, I mean, I feel like we are definitely, uh, you know, we deserve that title fair and square. But anyway, so you know, just a bunch of people uh, got together and thought, well, let's have, you know, let's. It's kind of like those old movies with Mickey, uh, I mean, Mickey Rooney uh, and Judy Garland. Let's put on a show. <laughs> so we did. I didn't have a thing to do with it. I just came with my buddy Roy Blunt Jr., who uh, never been to the Delta, so I thought, well, this is a good time to bring him. We were judges in the tamale contest which is super hard i'll never do that again and um uh talk about and gut busters no <laughs> joke man and also it's like you know it's like these it's very you know serious it's like okay you know mouth feel all kind of weird things you got to drink this stuff on and i've just been eating tamales all my life without thinking that deeply about it so anyway that was a mind bender but uh i noticed that you know i'm like oh my god between eight and ten thousand people here downtown this is crazy we got to keep them coming back and make them spend some money so i tacked on 
for my many sins a couple of days uh, around the fest. And now, you know, we get between twenty and 30,000 people, and uh, Mississippi State did an economic impact study, and we put about $1.6 million in, in the town coffers, which was the goal. So well, that, that's a great thing, and I, I loved uh, Calvin Trillin in one of his articles talked about Greenville, and he said Greenville had already tried the hanging basket approach, which <laughs> which didn't work. So the Tamale Festival was born, and the rest yeah, is history. They, they, you know, they tried that that after after downtown started failing, advent of the malls, and sometimes in the seventies. Yeah, we we knocked down all these trees on Washington Avenue and built some serpentine thing. <laughs> with mountains of bushes and stuff and that wasn't that really didn't do the trick here. with hanging baskets yeah it was not a good look so uh but you know downtown is undergoing something of a renaissance i mean it's all i mean i hate to it sounds a little bit uh like an exaggeration but i mean the great tamale the humble but great tamale has really spawned some downtown growth and also we just have a super good time You've, you've added events besides the hot tamale eating and the music and the Saturday events. Talk about uh, the mashup uh, and the party and all the other fun things that go on, including this year the unveiling of two Mississippi Rider Trail markers. Yeah, that's I'm really excited about that. Well, that's what I was referring to when I said we needed to keep you know the people that come captive a little bit and make them check in the hotels and stuff. So I, I conned all my writer and, and chef friends to come down uh, on Thursday and Friday preceding the fest itself on Saturday. And so uh, we got a lot of James Beard award-winning chefs and, from New Orleans and a lot of great local Delta chefs like Cole Ellis from Cleveland. And uh, we uh, have a big kickoff dinner this year at the, the beautiful Belmont Plantation. And the chefs cook and all the writers that are on the panels the next day uh, are there signing their books. This year, we're really excited because we got Jessica Lang, who's a uh, brand-new book of photographs. And not only is she a great actress, she's a brilliant photographer. So her brand-new book of photographs called Highway 61, uh, she'll be signing that. She's a great aficionado of the Delta and a, a hot tamale, believe it or not. And um, So that's, that happens on Thursday. We have dancing and great music. And, and then on Friday, uh, we have... Uh, lots of, you know, four panels at, at uh, downtown Bass Auditorium. And the last panel will be a celebration of, of our local uh, authors, the great Shelby Foote and Walker Percy. And, the, and the, you know, what, Malcolm, you've done such a great job with all these trail markers in, in Mississippi, and now we finally have a literary trail, or what's it called, the right Mississippi Writers Trail. Right. So those two, those two markers will be unveiled. But before that, on the panel... We're going to read, you know, have other authors um, like Beverly Lowry. She's a local Greenville author, and, and uh, Billy Percy, Walker Percy's um, nephew, is going to. Re- we're going to read from Walker and Shelby's works, the ones especially that are set in Greenville. Shelby wrote three great novels set in Greenville before he wrote his famous Civil War trilogy. Anyway, Hugh Foot, Shelby's son, is going to come read from the letters of Walker. And Shelby, so we're just going to let them speak in their own words, which are, you know, kind of hard to match. <laughs> we don't need to talk about them. <laughs> we all let them talk from the grave, and then we're going to unveil the markers, which is super exciting. 
Now, you've also got a new book, South Toward Home, Adventures and Misadventures uh, in My Native Land. I believe you'll hopefully be signing that at the event. I'm going to be signing that, and uh, I've got a new cookbook out. I've been a busy girl, and, and uh, we're, you know, we'll certainly be selling uh, the books. We've ordered lots of, of Walker and Shelby's books. Um, I'm hoping that people realize, because they're still available from Random House, how great Shelby's Delta novels are. Um, this will be kind of a good re- reawakening, and people can get reacquainted with those. Um, you know, so it's, it's we talk the panels. We talk about food. We talk about last year, as you know, we, you were on a music panel. I mean, we got a lot of culture to plumb around these these parts, and so the panels are always endless. Oh, and Calvin Trillin is coming back uh, as a panelist. He wrote about us for the New Yorker that in that piece you quoted, Carol. And he's possibly the funniest man in America. He, he is one of the funniest uh, men in America. Along with Roy Blatt Jr., who's also going to be here. Oh, and gosh. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be just a very he, good time. Thought, yeah, I know. And I, they've been on panels together, so I thought, let's just let those two talk. I mean, I've got the two funniest men in the world sitting here. <laughs> so we're going to let them rip together. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think this is a great uh, testimony that our cultural tourism is really bringing so much to the Delta. So many projects have been thrown at the Delta over the years, and we turn to the things that we know and that we're good at. And Greenville is a literary... (laughs) Yeah, Greenville is a literary town, and Mississippians, as proved by the book festival and the great bookstores we have, um, has a literary tradition, and people will come to hear an author, and they will come to eat. And Julia, your new cookbook, is that uh, Julia Reed's New Orleans? Yes, sir. Thank you for all these free plugs, Malcolm. Well, I want to make sure that, uh, you know, we take care of you as you take care of us. Now, you know, I've always... Well, it's, it's, you know, I appreciate that, but I want to go back to Carol's point, which is, you know, we really do, I mean, you know, we we, we got all kind of problems down here, but, but we really do have a lot to show off, and I think it's a testament to the culture and how much fun we have down here. Uh, and how much how much we have to show off that that people like Jessica Lang come back and back and back. I mean, the biggest bulk of her photographs, you know, Highway 61 starts in Minnesota after all and ends in New Orleans. But the biggest chunk is from the Delta because she couldn't quit coming and taking pictures. And this will be Roy Blunt. Uh, he's been here five times for the Tamale Festival. And Bud Calvin Trillin, Bud Trillin is, has came to write about it and he's been back to be on a panel and now he's coming back again and so the fact that people like that who can go anywhere in the world come on there of their own free will (laughs) 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 now a good advertisement for us isn't uh jessica's aren't jessica's photographs going to be on exhibit somewhere during the festival yes thank you for reminding me of that um because I'm an insane person, I'm starting a bookstore, Carol. Um, yeah, I do. Baby steps, baby steps. This is going to be kind of a soft opening, but you know we've been well. I mean, we've missed McCormick, so no. Yeah, and that's where I basically learned to read from Mrs. McCormick at McCormick's Bookend. So uh, downtown at the at the historic Weatherby House, uh, which is on one of the thriving blocks of downtown, because we've got a great boutique hotel called the Walsh. My friend Bill Boykin. Uh, started that with a new restaurant and a, and a butcher shop, which is great. And uh, so next door to that new enterprise is, is the Weatherby House, which is an historic house. And um, uh, we've got Jessica Lang signing her book from 5 to 7 at the end of the day on the fest. 
uh, on on Saturday, on and Saturday. that's open to the public. And her and her photographs will be all of her Delta photographs will be uh, framed and exhibited on the wall and for sale. And also, Bill Dunlap, the great uh, native Mississippi author, has got a an artist. Out. Yeah, an artist, and he and mainly artist, but he's also a, a great curator of other people's work. And he and and the brilliant curator, the former uh, curator at the Corcoran Museum of Art in Washington, Jane Livingston, have written a book uh, and pulled together a book on Pappy Kitchens, who's a wonderful folk artist from Mississippi, and and largely unsung until now and so we're going to have a lot of uh pappy kitchens artwork also on display and jane and bill will be signing uh their book about pappy so it's going to be a happening and it's open to the public from five to seven on saturday you know at the end of the day of the fest which is saturday and when um, you're not uh reading and talking about books and literature Everybody will be eating hot tamales, and the two go great yeah. together. And someone will and be listen, judging it, but not Julia. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we have a celebrity chef cook-off. I, I make all my celebrity chefs stick around and, and compete in the tamale contest. There's the Miss Hot Tamale Contest, because you can't have a festival without a beauty queen down Got there. Not in Mississippi. And, uh, and no, the tamale and the eating contest. contest. That, is, that is quite something. There's a guy named Dietrich Bolden who's won... Almost every, every year. year. And, Julia, and I have to tell awesome you, we tried to get him on the show. We reached out to Main Street <laughs> Greenville and uh, and really and didn't hear back. You know, he, we wanted he's to hear. in training, well, he Carol. He's in Louisiana. <laughs> he's yeah, busy he's training. Oh, okay. That explains he things. He makes the journey from Louisiana every year. Oh, okay. He, but, you know, it, it's a big cash prize. And uh, Hotting Carter the Fourth came down and wrote an article for Smithsonian Magazine and I watched him compete in an oyster eating contest years before, so I thought, well, he grew up on tamales. How hard can this be? But uh, Dietrich beat him, beat him bad. All right, folks, that's the one and only cultural ambassador of the great state of Mississippi, Julia Reed, and we're talking about the Hot Tamale Delta Hot Tamale Festival in Greenville this weekend coming up. If you want more information, you can find it at visitmainstreetgreenville.com. Calm, and uh, as as Julia pointed out, there will be all sorts of artists, hot tamale, and a beauty queen, a, a tamale queen. queen. I mean, and, and great literary Little mashup. Miss tamale. Thank you for your time, and I will see you on Thursday night at the event, Julia. I know we're very excited you're coming, Malcolm. See you soon. You have evolved from. Uh, Hot tamale judging to the cultural ambassador of the state of Mississippi. That's the one and only Julia Reed. We'll be back here at Deep South Dining with our guest, Gino Lee, who has been sitting here patiently waiting for his time. Carol Puckett and I will be right back. If you're interested in giving us a call, one 672 or pop us an email to food at MPB online. Stay tuned. MPBOnline.org is the destination for everything Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Catch up on past shows from Think Radio, check out MPB TV or Music Radio, and become a sustaining member all from one place. Get connected now at MPBOnline.org. Welcome back to Deep South Dining. Malcolm White here with Carol Puckett and our special guest in the studio, the one and only Mr. Gino Lee. Hello, Gino. Hey, Malcolm. Hey, Carol. Hey, Gino. How's everything downtown uh, at the Big Apple Inn? Things are going good. Things yeah. are going good. Great. So you uh, grew up in the of what I would say is the, the tamale tradition. You want to tell us a little bit about that story? I know you've shared it with us before, but I think our listeners are very interested in that story. 
Well, yeah, we've been um, we've been making tamales on the Ferry Street area since the mid '30s. Wow. Yeah, my family. Um, my great grandfather actually got started. He was um, uh, a Mexican um, immigrant. Uh, well, I have never legal here in, <laughs> right. in 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 the United States, and ended up in Chicago and hopped a train because he heard there were jobs down here in the South, and. You know, a little short, fat Mexican man couldn't do too much because of his size. He was, um, you know, a, a joke I always have. He's about five feet tall and about five feet wide. Oh, boy. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> like good old Southern. You know, when they told him to get into shape, he chose a circle. <laughs> <laughs> so he had to figure out something to do. And he said, well, I'm good at eating and I'm good at cooking my food. So he um, made his mom's homemade hand-rolled hot tamales. And made a big fire in, on the on the sidewalk on Ferris Street and put a tin drum on top of it and sold his hot tamales. And that was in the mid-1930s. And in 1939, opened the Big Apple Inn. Close to where he began? I mean, all right there? Within the same block, yeah. Uh-huh. Within wow. the same block. You know, he got... Um, there was a little grocery store on Ferry Street. During that time, Ferry Street was in its heyday. There were stores and, and bars and restaurants and clothing stores. Every, I mean, everything was on Ferry mm-hmm. Street, especially for the African-American community. That's the only place that African-Americans could gather. And um, Ferry Street was booming. Well, there was a grocery store called DiMaggio's, and he was closing his doors. And he came to my grand, my great grandfather, said John. His name was Juan, as you said, and they called him Big John. And uh-huh. um, and he said, Hey, I got I got I got my store for sale. Would you want to buy it? You want to rent it? And he goes, I want a hundred dollars. Of course, my great grandfather <laughs> didn't have a hundred dollars. And he said, I got fifty. And his son Harold, who was my grandfather, had fifty, and they opened the Big Apple Inn in thirty nine. Wow. Selling tamales and fruit, that was it. Really? Yeah. And then you evolved, or the family evolved over the years to, to add uh, the hots, the, the sandwiches, the sausage sandwiches, uh, and, the, and pig the pig ears. ears. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my tamales and, and, and fruit doesn't a business make. <laughs> so they had to figure out some, some other things to do. And he came up with, my great grandfather came up with a sausage sandwich. And he got this sausage and ground it up and put it on a slider bun with the mustard sauce, slaw, and hot sauce. And it didn't have all the refrigeration back then. So he had to go to the butcher every day to pick up his sausage. Mm. And the butcher told him, said, John, man, I'm, listen, I'm throwing away all these pig parts, you know, especially pig ears. Do you want them? Can you figure out something to do with them? And he said, yeah, I'll figure out something to do. And he figured that if you boil a pig ear for two to three days, you can eat it. <laughs> so um, now we pressure cook them. But, yeah, he um, the pig ears and the sausages and other sandwiches came later. But back then he didn't have to actually pay for the pig ears, No, did he? no. He got them free until the butcher realized he was making a profit off of them. Things started charging him. <laughs> yeah, and now pig ears are getting hard to find because – they buy them up for dog cheese. That's right. Every and time I go into a place and see those pig or dog cheese, I said, you know, Gino needed those. <laughs> I know. That's right. That's right. You know, it, Carol, it's the funny thing about it is I started the restaurant um, 20-something years ago, and I remember that um, a case of pig ears cost like $13 for a 30-pound wow. case. It's over $100 now for that same case. Goodness. Unbelievable. Yeah. Because the dogs. <laughs> yeah. Well, dogs need ears, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Gina, walk us through making a tamale. Now, many of us eat tamales, and we, uh, we, we proselytize about them and how much we love them, and we buy them and all this. But I, I personally have never made one. Carol, have you? I made one, uh, I guess, this summer. Oh, that's right. You made one to for, prep for the, the show. And the Tony Tamales people just laughed at me and, <laughs> and said, don't ever do that again. I tried to make a black bean tamale, right, and I, I have right. a lot of respect for the tamale process. So walk us through the process. Make make a hot tamale for our listeners this well, morning. Well, the neat thing about a tamale, Malcolm and Carol, is 
you can do what you want with a tamale. In fact, I had a great conversation with, um, do you know Chef Jesse Houston? Yes. Oh, yeah. We were meeting yesterday, and we were just talking about the different varieties that you can do with a hot tamale, and you can make it yours. It's just that the Mississippi tamale is so much different than, you know, the Mexican tamale or the Guatemalan tamale or other tamales. Now, we roll our tamales here in corn shucks. In fact, some people use paper to roll it down. Yeah, parchment paper. That's because right. Because corn shucks got to be hard to find for a while. Yeah, but some countries don't use that. They use, you know, banana, banana leaves. leaves. And, you know, and just whatever you want to, you can choose your own meat. You can choose your own matzah. Now, a matzah is a corn flour mixture. Now, in Mississippi, um, corn flour wasn't as easy, as accessible as, as corn meal. So the Mississippi tamale is more of a corn meal mixture instead of a corn flour mixture. So our tamales here can have, can have kind of like a, like a cornbread texture. Is so, the corn flour the same stuff that we call fish fry? It's the finely ground corn that we bread shrimp and oysters and fish in. You know, I think that's more of a corn meal, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I, I, I think it is, it's too. It's very fine. Uh, it is fine. I think they just ground it up a little bit okay. more. Yeah. Right, well, go ahead. You were, you were but um, what you start off with is when we make our tamales, we start off with our meat, whatever meat you want to use or whatever, or whatever filler you want to use. You can use fruit. You can use black beans. When we do black bean tamales, we use black bean and, and sweet corn. But we have to make the consistency thick so it doesn't just all ooze out of the tamale. Yeah. No, so you choose your, your meat or, 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 your, or your filler, and you make it as your spice level, mix it up with whatever you want. And then as, as that's cooking, you make your matzo, which is your corn flour or cornmeal mixture. Mm-hmm. And while the meat's simmering, you make your cornmeal mixture with um, – Corn flour mixture with with lard, and we use the juices from the meat and just pour it on top, so it'll give the matzo some flavor. Wow! And then after they get about the, the after the matzo gets to the consistency of peanut butter, and oh my god, that's the that's the that's the rough part, you know, because you're kneading with your hands the whole time. And we usually roll about a hundred dozen tamales every, you know, um, every couple of days. So your hands get sore, then you get your little corn chuck, and you and you and you layer your your consistency of peanut butter matzah inside of the corn shuck. Right. You grab a handful of meat, put it in the middle, and then you just roll it up. Roll it up in the shuck. In or, the shuck, yeah. Uh, roll it up in the shuck or your parchment paper or your banana leaf. Then you, you fold it, it over. And then and roll it over. Yeah, fold it over so it doesn't spill out. And then you just stack it in a pot and we let it steam. Wow. That's Let's good. go to the Big Apple Inn today. <laughs> right, after, right after the show, we're going to go. Well, unfortunately, uh, we're closed on Mondays. Monday is my running around day. Oh, good. Monday oh. is my prepping day for tamales. Oh, well. um, I was going to say, you know, the word masa means dough flour in Spanish. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. I just and have Spanish in my roots. I don't know anything. I don't know those yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've got a lot going on in your roots. <laughs> You know, you mentioned Jesse Houston, and I was uh, having lunch in Sophomore Spanish Club the other day, uh, sitting up at the counter there, and Jesse was sitting next to me, and we were talking about food, and I ended up ordering one of his hot tamales uh, and, and a couple of tacos, too, particularly the seared tuna taco. If you oh haven't had Wasn't that, that awesome? at Sophomore oh. Spanish Club, you should do that. So Jesse and I started talking about hot tamales, and he told me, that the hot tamale that they're serving now uh, at Sophomore Spanish Club is not the one that he opened up with. You got this story That's from That's right, too. yeah, because he started with banana leaves and an authentic tamale like from Mexico, and yeah. people in Mississippi weren't used to that, and they, they didn't like it. Yeah, that's exactly So right. he had to evolve over to more of the, uh, of, of the Tony's... Uh, big, you know, big apple in style. The Delta hot tamale, the smaller, tighter. That's right. And uh, but he uses beef, you know. And I know Tony uses turkey. What do you? We use turkey too. You also yes. use turkey. A lot of people use pork. And I had some great catfish tamales uh, up in Clarksdale a few years ago. They were they were just 
fabulous. But, you know, Mississippians, like we do a lot of things, we made hot tamales our own. And, you you know, the story is that uh, Mexican laborers came to work up in the Delta Mm -hmm. and brought the tamale with them. And uh, the African-American workers co-opted. They said, oh, this looks good. You know, cornmeal, pork, lard, all the things we have in our larder already, and it's it was a great field food. You pack it in a can and yeah. take it out there, and and yeah. Then the Italians, the Sicilians who were in the Delta, they picked up on it. So it's it's just a great Delta tradition. We we made it our own, and it's amazing how. It's such a big tradition. People come from all over the United States to go on the Mississippi Delta Tamale Trail. Right. The, the first thing is they don't understand, like, why? You know, why are you talking about tamales yeah. in Mississippi? And then you go through this explanation that Carol just shared, and then you start looking around, and, and it's like comeback dressing. Like, everybody <laughs> serves hot tamales, yeah. and well, everybody's got their own version. Let me tell you guys about the tamale trail. That, that all started, oh, gosh, maybe – 15 or 16 years ago when the Alluvian Hotel opened in Greenwood. And we were sitting around one day, uh, Fred Carl, who was the founder of Viking, and John T. Edge from Southern Foodways and a couple of others. And we were looking for things because people were coming to the Alluvian and there's nothing to do right outside of Greenwood. So we were trying to think of things that would move people through the Delta. And we're trying to think trying to think of things that people had in common. And the tamale was, you know, one of the things we came up with. And Amy Evans from Southern Foodways, we did a little project and uh, asked Amy to do oral histories of the tamale makers. And that was how it was born. Wow, that's neat. I remember doing, I remember doing the interview with Amy. With Amy. Yeah. 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 And Amy and uh, Martha Foose have a new book. Uh, it's, it's just been released. I can't remember the name of it, but... Uh, uh, Amy did the artwork, and Martha came up with the recipes. So yeah, it's a, a cookbook. We, we a, need to have them on the show. We do. We need to feature. I can't remember the name. If you know the name of Amy and Martha's new book, call us. Tell us all about it. All right, we're going to take a break, come back with Gino Lee from the Big Apple Inn and Carol Puckett, and we're going to do tamale tips. Uh, we're also going to encourage you to call if you have questions or story to tell about a hot tamale or really anything to do with food restaurants or the eating traditions in mississippi we're going to take a break come back if you want to call 1-877-672-7464 or pop us an email uh, to food at mpbonline.org carol puckett myself gino lee will be right back after a short break this is deep south dining Welcome back to Deep South Dining. Happy Monday morning to each and every one of our favorite listeners. Mississippi, Alabama, Arkansas, Louisiana, Tennessee. We're so glad that you've tuned in this morning to MPB's Think Radio. It's Malcolm White here with Carol Puckett. Welcome back, Carol. Thanks, Mal. So glad to see you. And I'm glad to see you. It's your birthday. I'm just going to go ahead and put it out it there. Is, it is birthday, indeed my Carol. birthday. Thank Happy you. birthday, and, my great um, friend. Malcolm, I was thinking this morning how many birthdays that you and I have spent together, of both of ours, through the years. And I was recalling one very memorable one. It was my birthday. I love to be outside. And we went canoeing at Mays Lake. Right. Uh, you were in your canoe, and Sally Slater Killebrew and I were in my canoe. Mm-hmm. And a bass jumped in the boat. 
I mean, it just flipped out of the water and jumped in our boat, and we decided that that was a very auspicious sign for a very good year. And we right. took happy the, birthday, yeah. you know, happy birthday. <laughs> and we took that that humble fish and and cooked and it. Cooked it. <laughs> you made bass tamales. Well, I was just we could thinking, have. We could have. I don't think we made bass tamales, but we could have made bass ceviche. Oh, we could have. Good. That's uh, Bobby Cleveland's recipe, and I believe we have it online somewhere. It's we do absolutely. Man, uh, you delicious. can do a lot with the, with the humble bass. <laughs> Gino Lee is also in the studio. Gino, welcome back. Thank you. It's not your birthday, is it? It was yesterday. Well, there you go. Yeah. Hey, Gino. <laughs> yeah. We'll celebrate together. So, that's right. <laughs> so year. Java, where's the cake? <laughs> we got we got two birthdays. Happy birthday to you, Thank sir. You. Thank uh, you. Yeah. How'd you celebrate? Can you? Well, can you actually, share? I had to preach. I had to preach on Sunday to my family. We went to sophomore Spanish club. Me and a bunch oh, of friends. You and preach also? Yeah, I did. I didn't know I that. Did, yeah. Yeah. You mind saying where you preach? Yeah, at Christ Life, um, Christ Life Church in Ridgeland, Mississippi. You can see it right, right next to where the new Costco's going up. Wow. That okay, church right yeah. there. So you preach a service, and then you take your family to the sophomore Spanish That's club. right. Not a bad That's birthday. Right. It was a great well, happy birthday. birthday to you Thank also. You. My birthday is a ways off. So. March 3rd. <laughs> That's right, March 3rd. All right, so one of the things we're going to talk about, we have been talking about uh, tamales. You want, you want to take the call first, Java? You want to talk to Bert? Yeah, hey Bert, what's happening, man? You're calling in from Louisville. Today it's on the drive. It's Louisville. 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 I was so, there yesterday. Uh, I actually was there yesterday. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, so y'all talking about uh, redoing or, or or reusing, keep using the pig ears, and you're also talking about uh, using uh, cornmeal, corn flour, corn shucks. I'm going to read off the ingredients to something. Okay. Uh, and, and see if you can tell me what this is. All right. All right. Be it, careful it's a quiz. while you're driving. It's a quiz. <laughs> Go ahead on. Molasses, corn silk, kudzu root. Oh, my gosh. Salt, cayenne, pepper powder. Okay. Uh, dun, dun, I'm stumped. Dun, dun, I am too. Dun, dun, now I've had kudzu jelly. <laughs> Very good, Java. <laughs> All right, Gino, got a clue? Uh, I, I have take, no take idea. Take a wild gander. I have no idea. A, a carol? Sweet. What about a tamale filling? Tamale filling. I will guess a taco. What's the answer, how about, Bert? How about a smokeless tobacco product from Smoky Mountain Snuff? Smoky Ooh. Mountain Snuff. I would have never gotten that no, one. No way I could have gotten that. Uh, Mal, I don't know if you've ever either heard or seen the radio commercials, but if you remember, um, um, I'll head now draw a blank, but there was a famous uh, Dallas Cowboy uh, defensive linebacker, I think it was, from the 70s. Hmm. Uh, known, uh, Randy White, Randy White. Okay. Uh, you know, just hard, tough guy. And uh, I heard some of his commercials on a radio station uh, about a uh, tobacco substitute. They had free samples, so I said, what the heck, I'll just get a get a sample. And flipped it over, and kudzu and corn silk, uh, corn silk and molasses would have would have never guessed it. But wow. good ideas for using something that's going to be wasted, and uh, certainly if it's avoiding uh, some of the problems of tobacco. Yeah. Well, well, we've been looking for a way to use that kudzu for years. Have if been. we could monetize kudzu, 
Mississippi I, would be a wealthy I, place. I've seen kudzu jelly. Yeah. Uh, you ever work with kudzu? No, I haven't. Do you know? No, no, no. I just I tried cooking some. Somebody told me one time that the uh, the very early leaves, the tender leaves of kudzu, if cooked like greens, like term greens and uh, collards, is good. And so I got I went out and harvested a batch of them and put them in with some greens. And I'm going to tell you, they were nasty. <laughs> I, I can believe they probably had defoliant. God, they were awful. They were let's awful. let's talk about some tamale tips. You want to talk about tips? Yeah. T- okay, go ahead. Well, always pack the pot. Pack the pot. Gene, I went in that the truth. You oh, always, yes. If you, you don't, don't pack the pot, they'll fall apart. Yeah, and they tip. You know, they That's tip right. over, and then and all your filling will come out. Yes, you have to pack the pot really tight. And what is a pot uh, like a uh, on the stovetop pot? Is yes, it a crock uh, pot? It's a stovetop pot. And when you stack a tamale, you usually stack them standing up, right? And you mm-hmm. fold it from the bottom, and then you stack it tight so that. The filler won't fall out. And so do you tie yours in threes? I don't. Actually, we do ours a little bit different, Carol. We um we actually roll ours in foil. Oh. And so because we lo- we were always losing so many, you know, mm. when, when when my employees would go back and grab tamales, they'd knock some over and we'd right. lose so many. So um, we roll ours in by half a dozen packs in foil and then steam them at, or boil them like that. Okay. Yeah, so we never and when them. they cool, they tighten up. They right? do. They so do, it makes yeah. it easier to handle them. It, it, yeah, yeah, because the, the, the matzah firms up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, another tip I've heard is to whip the masa when you're using it, and that adds more air in it. Um, I mean, you can whip it with the lard or butter or shortening. Whip it in it, a blender or with a No, with, whisk. A, with a whisk or uh-huh. a fork, and it, it makes it lighter and, and makes for a lighter and fluffier tamale if that's what you want. Gino? Hmm. Hmm. Well, we can't whisk ours with the face. Our, 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 the consist, consistency of ours is so thick. Yeah. You know, we actually need ours, mm-hmm. you know, with our, with our hands. And most people I know that make bulk tamales, they use a big blender. One right, of one of the big food blenders. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right, we've got another caller on the line. Sue is calling from Beaumont. Hello, Sue. How you doing? Good morning, everybody. I, I called him once before when you had a tamale show. Uh-huh. And, uh, about my mother-in-law was from Monterey, Mexico. She made hers from scratch, and it was a time-consuming process. She used a pork head that she'd boiled and taken the meat off of and used corn shucks and whole nine yards. You know, she put them in a big can and steam them. Yeah. It, 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 you have to eat the, the tomatoes that come out so popping hot we have to blow on our fingers, keep burning our fingers. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way to eat them. But you have to have a cold, cold beer. You have to have some homemade cooked salsa with lots of cilantro and peppers and onions in it, you know. That's yeah. what I remember. Wow. Nobody that makes tomatoes like that. You still make them? Oh no, well. <laughs> no. Uh, it, it's too it's too time consuming. I, I buy some lady sells some here, and she makes them real well. So you have a local vendor in Beaumont? Yes. We, well, she lives in Greene County, and she sells them all over the place. And uh, she makes real good, authentic tamales. She just sets up on the side of the road, or goes to grocery stores, or what? She goes to bars, grocery stores, and she'll sell by the side of the road sometimes too. Okay. Well, she does. Is the tamale she makes similar to the one you grew up on? Not as good as my mother-in-law's. No, uh-huh. but they're they're pretty close. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for calling, Sue. We appreciate uh, your listening and calling and sharing your tamale story. So, uh, Gina, when she was talking about her Mexican tradition, her family tradition of of putting them in the can. Now, when I first saw a what I called a Delta hot tamale, it was at Doe's, Doe's and it was in a number ten can, and you could buy them in those cans. Right, yeah. But apparently, those 
cans, which probably held tomato sauce or mm-hmm. who knows what they what came in them, beans, all sorts of stuff could have come up. But they would repack those those number 10 cans with the tamales. Are you familiar with that? I am. I am. And it, the neat thing about the cans, it held the juice. Mm-hmm. You know, when people used to come down to the, to the Big Apple, they'd say, I want the tamales and pour a lot of juice on top. <clears throat> but now that we put them in the foil and roll it tight, mm-hmm. you know, the juice stays in there. Oh. Yeah. Now, do you make your own hot sauce that, you know, what some people might call a tamale sauce or a taco sauce? Or, or a tamale gravy. Yeah, well, no. We, well, we make, a, we make our own hot sauce, and some yeah, people want that want, on that top. Hot of the, sauce. And we put that mainly on the sandwiches, but some, some, some of our customers want it in a little container so they can put it on the tamales, too. Yeah. So you make that yeah, we do. out of we do. chili peppers, chili vinegar? Chili peppers, cayenne peppers. The main ingredient is bread to give it its thickness. It's almost bread. Thick, like chili. Yes, yes. We oh use bread, um, breadcrumbs, and that's what gives it. Consistent and that's thick. the secret ingredient. That's yes. right. Shh, don't tell anybody. That's the tip for today. <laughs> Put bread in your hot sauce. You got it from Gino Lee from the Big Apple Inn. Carol, it's time to say goodbye again. It's been a wonderful Monday in Deep South Dining Land. Our show is produced by. Mississippi Public Broadcasting here on Think Radio. It's funded by generous contributors like yourself. We are produced by the one and only Java Chapman. And today we have enjoyed being with Carol Puckett, Gino Lee, Julia Reed, and all of our callers. So stay tuned for Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey right here on MPB's Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 